Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Um, at, at any point, yeah, raise your hand or just speak up or whatever if you have a have a question for me, and um, and I'll try to try to answer it as best I can as far as that goes. But um, but yeah, so we started out a uh, long time ago. I've worked in the woods uh, for all my life. Actually, started out cutting timber, believe it or not, for eighteen years, and then um, I've hunted all my life. And then we started filming our hunts, and uh, that's kind of my background as far as that goes. Started in two thousand seven producing our own videos and started out in the DVD world and then progressed from there to YouTube and launching that kind of stuff online and stuff. So, um, yeah, as far as survival goes, and, and I've thought a lot about this too, as far as, you know, the situations and stuff that I've been put in in the past, um, and the life and death situations, I would say are very, very, very rare for, for what I've been doing. Um, my biggest stint in the woods was I did a I did a project where I hunted. I wanted to hunt five different states for elk for uh, for bull elk, and um, and I did ten days in each state. So it ended up being about fifty three days straight sleeping on the ground and then hiking, and then I would just jet with uh, with my vehicle in between states and then hike into a new state and stay for ten days in in wherever it was you know wilderness or wherever that was and. Um, so background is kind of, you know, pretty heavy in that, but I think survival, you can, I don't know, break that word into a lot of different portions as far as like survival is kind of pretty much how much you're prepared, right. For the situation that you're in. And I've always, I've, I've never, honestly, to be honest, I've never went out with absolutely nothing in hand and been like, okay, I'm going to, you know, use a bow drill to start a fire. I've done that before, but I've never done it like on purpose. Okay. So I usually have the bare essentials, which would be the lighters, which would be, you know, simple stuff, food, a mountain house. And, um, and you touched on Jamie touched on, uh, on, on packs and stuff. And what I tell most people is anybody can, anybody can do it. Anybody can go out in the woods and have a great time and recreate and everything. The, the, the two very, very important things that you need, I, in my opinion, are, are your feet always protect your feet because uh, that's going to limit your your length of stay your your feet and your clothes is going to be two really really big things and so as far as that goes don't skimp on money when it comes to when it comes to boots or clothing for that matter they have a ton of clothing now um, with synthetics and wools and all these different these different fabrics and and um, that can that can help your longevity of how long you're going to stay out there but at the end of the day, it's being comfortable, right? It's, it's going out there and just being comfortable where you're at and, um, and enjoying what you're there to do. So those would be my big, big things. And then sleeping is another thing. Warmth, man, we've got to stay warm. Once you start getting cold, your mind starts to really wander. You start to do stupid things. And then it's just a, it's just a downhill progression from there. So your warmth and, and just overall your, your, your uh, joy of life. You know, when you get cold, it's just, you start to have negative thoughts about what you're doing and it just, it's just not a good scene. So your warmth and just your well being of, of that. And then um, prep for your conditions, right. Kind of look at exactly what's going on before you get there. Um, in my stays, I'm usually somewhere around that September area. I've done, I've done some, um, some, some bivy stuff in October, November in some snow stuff in a, in a couple feet of snow. And that was just a different prep as far as that goes. Um, what, what I did with that is uh, I was usually with one other guy, at least one to two other guys. And what I would do is just split it up. Then we would bring a stove with our little tent that we had. So we have a little kind of a, um, a sheet metal stove is what it is. It's super, super lightweight. And what we would do on those kind of trips is one guy would pack the tent. The other guy would pack the stove just to separate um, as far as weight went. So but, uh, but yeah, it, it just prep for your prep for your conditions, look at it ahead of time. Um, and with the benefits, I know 
I, I know your teacher talked about, you know, just far as going out and not having a lot at your, at your, um, at, at your fingertips when you're out there, but man, every single trip, it seems like usually, I mean, usually nine times out of 10, you could plan for something, right. You can plan uh, where you're going to be. You can look at topography with the, with the mapping and everything that we have now. It's uh, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty crazy really. As far as that goes, when we first started back in the day, the internet really wasn't a thing. And so it was paper maps. It was learning how to read with a compass and learning how, which direction you're going. And, and it honestly really, it, it gained our knowledge big time and put us a, a, ahead of everybody else because it would honestly squash that fear. And I, I think that's a big thing for people like getting out in the woods and, and going for their trips or whatever for the first time. It's that fear, man. It's, it's that fear. I'm, I live over in the Pacific Northwest, so I'm in the mountains over here. Um, I've done some numerous trips, just uh, duck hunt and stuff like that out in um back east like uh north dakota south dakota stuff and i've never seen and i was talking with your professor about a flat ground like that where i'm at man like it's mountains like i'm looking out my window right now and there's just mountains all around me and uh and i say mountains you know we're talking three to five hundred feet of elevation you know which is you know legit as far as that goes but when you're coming from back east something that i didn't grow up at you know say you grew up in Pennsylvania your whole life. And we get this question all the time as far as it's super intimidating when you come out and see the Rockies and you're just going to go, okay, so I'm supposed to throw a backpack on and I'm supposed to hike <laughs> up that mountain. And I'm supposed to toot on this flute that's supposed to sound like an elk and this 700 pound animal is going to run at me and I'm going to shoot it with a bow and arrow. And then I'm going to cut that thing up and put it on my back and pack it out, you know, however, three, four five miles or whatever, you know, that is a huge, huge daunting task where to us, it's kind of, we grew up doing it. So it's, you know, we, we kind of segment out that kind of process. Whereas like, you're going to get thrown to the wolves coming back, you know, out to the West here and just kind of going for it under your own, under your own skills that you have the already existing have. So it's definitely, we are definitely, um, because we've done it for a long time and everything it's kind of like i said a little bit more second nature but don't be scared of it there's so much information out there there's so so many maps there's i mean from um and i don't know if you're teaching this uh jamie as far as like the onyx side of things and and mobile devices and stuff like that for mapping and stuff are you guys pretty much paper maps or what are you guys uh, so the, we, we focus on what what happens if you don't have that equipment. It's mentioned, mm -hmm. like I say, you, the, these are the resources you can go for, but we're going to talk about how to use without that sort of thing in the class. Perfect. Yeah. So um, that is a that is a a big thing is is learning how to read ground too. I would say is the main thing. When I when we're out there for days and days on time, our biggest thing it's water. It's okay. How far did we go? I want to be over on that ridge tonight because I want to hear elk bugle, hopefully down below me. I want an elevated position. And so I'm, that's where I want to sleep tonight so I can hear everything around me. But at the same time, how much water do I have and how much water will I need if I can't get water there and I got to go clear to the next ridge to get water? That's always a big huge concern of ours. So we are always mapping water. And a lot of that, it's not on a map. It's not on a, anything that you have. A lot of that is just from looking at topography and going, okay, that draw right there is a lot greener than the rest, you know, of the topography around it. And, and, and a lot of that, you can just visually tell sometimes like where there's a seep in the ground, you will see greenery. You will see, you know, the plants that love that succulent water. And so you'll go, okay, we can fill up water there possibly. And then we're going to, where's our next destination and how much water am I going to carry on me? So at all times, I like to at least have a leader on me just at all times. And I never, my, my, our big thing is don't ever pass up water. You'd never pass up water. So when you're headed somewhere and let's say you've got three quarters of a liter and you come by a water source and you get water immediately. There's no, there's no like, oh man, I think I can hold out. You just, you just don't do it. It's just not smart to do. It's so quick to do it. We use these things called Sawyer squeeze filters and tons and tons of purifiers out there. The other 
big, big thing that I would tell you is don't just go, I think it's okay. Don't ever, ever do that. I, I just don't teach it. I don't do the, I, I don't, you know, some guys, oh, I'm going to take off my shirt and, you know, strain through my shirt and everything. For one, it's nasty. Your shirt's probably nasty as hell anyway. But for two, it's just, it, it's so quick to either use tablets to purify, which those taste like crap sometimes. So we use, uh, and they're super lightweight. They're a Sawyer squeeze filter. And it's just a, a bag of water that you dip in the crick and you fill up this bag and you squeeze this bag down and it goes through a filter and comes out clean. And um, super simple, super the lightest weight thing that we've found out there and the cheapest thing too. They're like 25 bucks at Walmart, you know, so you don't have to buy a $200 manual pump thing and stuff like that. So simplify everything um, as much as you can with that. So the neat thing about that kind of system that we use is, um, these Sawyer bags, you fill them up and it's a dirty bag. Let's just say it's, 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 it's dirty water in there. You wouldn't drink it. You can just cap that off, throw it in your bag and you can filter it later on. If you want to, you don't have to filter it right then. It's say you're on an elk or you're, uh, you're, you're almost dark and you need to get to this spot before dark to where you can check it out and, and see where you're going to camp and live that night. So you, um, yeah, it, it, those 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 are really simple systems to use, and um, simplifying things is another big thing. Um, your weight and your pack. I mean, I've hunted with guys that are on all ends of the spectrum. Like for uh, a seven day hunt, usually we used to go out for seven to ten at a time. Now we've backed that way down to about three to four depending on what we're going to see. So we'll go in for three to four. If we haven't usually, you know, harvested an elk uh, by that time, we're either going to leave the place altogether. We will, we will be gone or we're going to be packing meat out of that place. Um, so within the three day span is what our hope is. So that's the way we've kind of really, really knocked down the whole level of, of, um, of time in the woods. And the only thing that's going to make your weight different in your pack from a three-day trip to a 10-day trip is food. That's the only thing. All the other necessities you've already got. You've already got tent. You're going to have that for, you're going to have your sleeping bag. You're going to have whatever pad if you choose. What are all that stuff you're already going to have? And you're going to have the same weight all across the board other than your food. And so kind of remember that when you're packing stuff, as far as like you can figure out in ounces, some people weigh their stuff. I don't, I don't do that. There's guys that I've hunted with that are super anal that, I mean, they can get a seven day pack down to right at 28 pounds for seven days for everything, which is pretty impressive. Um, mine's weighs somewhere around 1400, I would say pounds. <laughs> I bring everything I can, but, uh, no, my pack is somewhere. I've got it down to probably, I don't know, somewhere around 38 pounds or so somewhere in there and, um, and packing that around. So the style that we use for our hunting style is, um, is we, we stay with our camp on our back. We don't ever make camp. And I think this is kind of important, kind of in a survival thing. What I've seen other people do that don't do that style, they get stuck in their ways on a certain spot. They get, okay, this is a great spot to camp. And when you do get to those spots, guys, look up, look around, check your surroundings out. Because when you're in that somewhere from whatever that, you know, three to 10,000 uh, Colorado, I was hunting some stuff that was 10,700 feet. And so when you're in that zone, you have all different types of vegetation, you have different types of timber, you have all different types of stuff. And so a lot of stuff too, will have like beetle kill. And so all the trees will be dead around you. Well, in those, in those types of circumstances where you've got that elevation, your weather can change so fast, so fast. And it can be blowing 50 miles an hour and snowing in two hours where just before it was, you know, 60, 70 degrees and sunny. It's just, it changes that fast. So anytime you set up your camp, anytime you go for, uh, and it, it doesn't matter what kind of shelter, a tarp, a tent, whatever, they make a thousand different types. Look up, look around you always check. Okay. Is that a rotten tree right there? That's right beside me that, you know, could, if there's a storm tonight, if there's a, a bunch of wind tonight could come over on my tent. Um, those are the, those are the really quick things that you can kind of observe and, and it could, you know, 
actually in the end save your life. So just take the tub couple seconds when you do find a camp spot to look up and look around you and stuff. But, but yeah, no. And I, I touched on tarps and tents and I don't know where you guys are at as far as like what style. Some people do the bivy thing where they just take a bivy sack and put it over their sleeping bag and, and, and camp in that for the night. I use a tent just because we're filming a lot and, um, I have a lot of gear. I have a lot of film gear and I have a lot of stuff that I have to stay dry. Whereas it seems like a tent works better. Uh, I use a copper spur UL2 mm-hmm. called Vent by Big Agnes. And um, it keeps, it has two vestibules. It has one on each side so I can put my pack on one side and it's all dry outside my tent. And then I can put my boots and all my stuff on the other side. And then I also have my tent where it's a pretty decent sized space as well. And I don't have the elements, you know, beating on me with the wind and stuff like that. Um, there's times that we are stuck in our tents sometimes all day long because we can't film. So a lot of our, what we do is um, when we do outdoor stuff, obviously it's all on film. We, we film everything and I can't film if it's pouring down rain. They don't really make a great camera that really holds up to the weather conditions of just beating down rain. And sometimes in that September months, it, it does that a lot. So what, um, what we do is we'll sometimes just sit in our tents for all day long and you're packed in and, you know, you could bring a book, but that's extra weight. You could, you know, have a, something on your phone as far as that goes, but that's just the way that we do it. And um, so that we can, that we don't skip out. There's no, there's no, nothing worse than doing a whole long trip. And then towards the end of it, you like harvest an elk or something like that. And it doesn't get on film. And that's kind of one of the reasons that you got there and came and, and to do that. So anyway, we really put a lot of emphasis around being able to capture all of this whole adventure on film. So that's why we kind of hole up sometimes in the tent, but but yeah, uh, man, I could go on for you know, like days. Any questions for any questions that anybody has? What do you use for your sleeping pad? Or do you, is it inflatable? Is it like a bulb one? Like, what do you use? Yeah, so they they make a bunch of sleeping pads, and what you're going to notice there is is the R value. The R value is the insulation value of the pad. So back when we first started, I used to be a tougher, I think, and I didn't even use a pad. I just had my sleeping bag and a tarp and a little footprint tarp for my under my tent. Now I use a, a big pad. It's again, again, it's going to be weight, but um, so get that R value. Um, and as you as you kind of look at them, as far as uh, um, insulation. I'm, you know, I'm about a mid range as far as you don't have to go super, you know, snowy or what, as far as that, depending on what you're sleeping on, but, um, and get one that you like. There's a lot of the, they, they make a thousand different kinds. There's short ones that are just, you know, for your torso and stuff like that. And that you don't really have for your feet. Cause you don't, you know, your feet are really needing padding. So you save a little weight there. So mine is made by Nemo. Um, and, um, they make a lot of pretty decent stuff, but, um, XPED, it seems like is the main choice for all the other guys is what they run as the, the XPED. So, and my bag, um, I'm a bigger guy. I have, I have big, pretty wide shoulders. And, um, so I did a ton of research and I almost, I wanted to actually come out with my own sleeping bag after the research, because I don't like a mummy bag. I'm not big on being just confined, you know what I mean? And, um, and so anyway, I went with a, uh, stone glacier. It's called a chill coot is what the bag's called. And it's the biggest bag that I have found that actually still, it is kind of a semi mummy bag. It's like a loose, loose mummy bag. And I forget the ounces and pounds of that. It's pretty, it's pretty darn light. But if you go on stone glacier and type in Chilkoot or just look at their sleeping bags, it'll pop up. And, and that's what I use for my bag. I use a 15 degree bag. Um, and I would use a zero degree bag, but the Chilkoot is pretty good. As far as that goes, I also bring with me, 
a liner. I don't know if you guys have seen what this is. It's just a, a super, super thin. It almost looks like a pantyhose material and it's super lightweight. And it's honestly something that you just get in and pull it up over yourself before um, you jump in your sleeping bag. And it'll actually take your 15 degree bag down to a zero degree bag, just that thin, tiny little layer. And so that's what I use. I always tell people though, as far as sleeping bags go, go, go as less as, I mean, go down to zero, go below zero. If you have to, you know, you can always put your leg out. You can always open a draft, but you can't ever warm it up. So if that makes any sense, you can't ever uh, get a 30 degree bag and you're freezing in it and you can't get more heat out of that bag, you know? So Another thing that we do all the time is I, it's gross as hell. Um, in that 53 day venture that I told you, I only showered in the creek two different times. So I didn't take a shower for 53 days, really. So if, um, and that's where your clothing comes into effect, man. Uh, I can't stress enough. Uh, merino wool is awesome, awesome wicking material. It is, it works really, really well. I use that for uh, underwear and t-shirt places that you're going to have sweat on and everything. It doesn't smell unbelievably. It's, 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 it's really, really good stuff. So, and then at night, like I'll be hiking all day and it sounds even grosser, but I will get in my sleeping bag. Like I'll be soaking wet, say it rained, say, uh, you know, you got dew on the ground or whatever it might be and your pants are soaking wet. I jump in my sleeping bag and it will actually dry your clothes out for you. You get up the next morning, your, uh, your pants are dry or whatnot. We use that technique all of the time all of the time. Um, a big one is boots. Your boots get wet. Your boots are going to get, uh, you know, soaked from maybe from the, from the top in me personally, I'm really, really different. I pack a pair of socks for every single day I'm in there. So I will sometimes pack 10 pairs of socks. That's why my pack is heavy and huge, but I love the feel of a new pair of socks. I've hunted with guys that what they'll do is come to a crick or something and they will wring their socks out in the crick. They'll bring two pairs and they have two carabiners on their packs, on the back of their packs and holes in the top of their socks. And they wring out the socks. They hook them through the carabiners on their pack. As they're hiking throughout the day, their socks are going to dry. And then they switch their socks out every single day. So you can save weight there. And uh, I just don't choose to on that, on, on certain things like that. There's just no fly zones for me. So um, just little tips and, and, and tricks that a lot of people, I mean, you, you probably heard of the, the guys that are just over the top, you know, cutting their toothbrush, you know, cutting the handle off to save, you know, ounces and stuff. That's not me either. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't go to that extent, but uh, you can do that definitely to save ounces and pounds. Um, one big rule that we have that we'll take on trips is if I haven't used it in two different trips, like that I go in, if I never used it in two different trips, I lose it. You don't need it. You don't, you know, 100 feet of paracord or whatever. I don't need it. I, I, I haven't used it. I might use a 5 to 10 foot long section. Okay, I'll take a 5 to 10 foot long section and and use that. I the Stuff that I think that we pack in our pack that just like stays there all year that you bring out later and you're like, man, why did I, why did I take that? I never used it one time. So that it's just one of those things where we have a rule. If you don't use it in two trips, it's probably not going to get, you know, probably not worth having. So another big thing uh, for long distance stuff, especially when you got a lot of weight on trekking poles, um, I, people call them sissy sticks. They call them whatever, um, man, they can be a lifesaver. They can be a, a serious lifesaver uh, with the type of tents and the tarps that they're making these days. A lot of uh, the trekking poles are used for that too. So they actually are, are dual purpose things. And so they're used for your tarp and spreading stuff out um, like that. But um, man, when you have weight on your back, just bending over and just actually kind of putting those sticks in your chest and bending over and, and relieving that pressure of that pack on your back is nice to have. And it, it takes, it does, it's actually easier on your legs using trekking poles. So anything that you get, try to do a purpose. So like you you have trekking poles in your hands. So if you'll, um, on my trekking poles, just underneath the grip of the handle, 
I'll wrap some either K tape or Luco tape, it's called. And I will wrap that. Some people use duct tape. Some people do electrician's tape or whatever, because tape is, is used in a lot of different ways in the backcountry a lot of different times. But mine is Luco tape. So if anybody has a hot spot on their, on their foot or a blister getting started, you can take that Luco tape. You can pull it off your trekking pole so you don't have to have it in your pack or anything. It's readily accessible. You don't have to take anything off. It's right there by your hands as you're, as you're going up the down the trail or mountain or whatever. And um, simple to use so try to like certain things that that uh, you can dual purpose things and and make it easier kind of kind of try to do that um with your gear as you as you kind of go through your gear and as you um progress in the amount of time that you're going to stay or the elevations or the or, or however you want to um whatever you're in i guess the the situation but yeah anything else guys Well, you were talking about uh, where you plan to stay at night, one of the reasons why you choose those areas. So can you talk, uh, elaborate on you, how do you plan your movements? Like what dictates the distance, if, if, dis, if it's distance, or is it just topography or is it resources? Like what plans your movement throughout the yeah, day? That's great. No, that's really, really good. Um, so anymore I, I and here is a big big thing that i tell people too as far as just like don't get out west or wherever you're going to backpack and just just go gangbusters a lot of people make that pro make that um um bad decision of just oh man i gotta go i'm i've got i've got seven days off right of work and i'm gonna go on an elk hunt out west and i am just gonna hit that mountain like it's my job well what happens with that is the elevation is different than they're normally used to the terrain is probably a little different than they're normally used to they get burned out they get fatigued on that very first day and they're not worth a damn for like two days after that and it's just Everything is in moderation. Everything is in pace. So like what, what, what you were leading to is, is how do we choose where we go? I will take, um, I'll take a map and I would look at like, okay, these are the bedding areas. These are the things that I want to go hit. And back in the day, um, we used to go along quite a ways. Our, our longest one was, uh, we killed a bull elk um at, at just over 12 miles in at 10,200 feet and um there was three of us and we had to pack that thing out because the snow hit so hard it was in Colorado and uh the snow hit so hard one guy his feet just started just blistering up so bad he couldn't hardly walk so he had to try to get out of there that morning snow was falling it was 20 inches of snow by the time i got out of there it took me six hours like 40 minutes almost seven hours i had nerve damage in both my feet that i still actually feel today at certain times so that was a stupid idea that was what we just had to do to get that elk out of there and and to get out of there safe because at those elevations it could snow and your pickup could be there at the trailhead for you know six months so we, um, yeah, we had to bust tail and, and that was like one of those situations where, you know, probably wasn't as good as planning as we should have done. Um, you can, you can do, you can have weather forecasts at that elevation. It's really tough to have a longevity, have a really plan ahead on weather forecasts. But anyway, that was just a rough situation that we did. But, um, what I'm looking for when I'm going in is I'm, I'm I've got destinations that I kind of want to hit uh, due to mapping ahead of time, and if I don't have a map to look at, I'm just going to look at okay, where's kind of a south facing slope where I can actually get some elevation. I don't want to be right in a creek. I mentioned this earlier because a lot of what we do is uh, off of bugles, off of elk. They um, make a really loud bugle and you can hear it from a long ways away. And so we want to be elevated. So that's creek is not so much noise down low or river or wherever you're beside a body of water um, or you hope there's water um, anyway, and, and get up some elevation and then get on some flat benches or I've, I've had stuff to where it didn't have a flat you had to just get behind a tree and use the back of the tree right there to sleep on, you know, and we, but, at all costs, we try not to do that because try to pick out something that's going to be comfortable. You're out there to have fun. You're not out there to just beat your 
butt into the ground. You're out there to, that's what we, you know, back in the day, I think we've really changed our little bit of thought process as far as just like, Oh, we got to go further. We got to hit this harder. We got to where, where's the next stone that we need to roll over. You know what I mean? As far as that goes. And, and man, it's now as the older I get, I kind of go, man, it's kind of nice just to have fun. And let's, uh, let's not do that. And let's go and let's, all right, this is a flat spot. Look at the view, look at, you know, so uh, it's all in kind of what you're after, but, but yeah, pick those spots out wisely. Like I said, look up, look around, see what's around you. We've had trees fall numerous times around us out there. Um, and it's just allowed just a giant crash. And um, anyway, it can get a little bit scary and dangerous at times. So yeah, check around, look at your surroundings. And um, we've never like um, the question might be coming as far as uh, bears wise, you know, most of the stuff we hunt is usually black bears and we've seen them often. I've never been charged uh, per se by a bear. I've had them, you know, I've, I've come upon them and they'll stand on their feet, you know, sometimes and, and show themselves, but I've never actually had a bear come at me, you know, as, as far as super close distance, I uh, used to never carry anything. I never carried a pistol. I never carried bear spray. I've, I never did. Now I do, I do, I carry a pistol and it's just a small nine millimeter is what I carry. And to be totally honest with you, it's not more for the wildlife. It's more for some crazy person you may encounter along the way. So that's just, I, I, you just never know what you're going to see out in the, out in the woods as far as that goes. But uh, the wildlife side of things is, it's pretty tame. Um, No, I have not seen a Bigfoot yet. So that could be a good question. <laughs> that hasn't happened as of yet, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of things out there that I think is just in our, you know, in our minds more than anything. So any other questions, man? I got one. Um, what kind of boots do you use when you're doing hiking and stuff? Yeah. So everybody in our group, it, it kind of goes all the way around the spectrum. I like a tall boot. Uh, so I, I wear a boot called Hanwag is what I, is what I wear. And, um, they make great boots. A lot of, a lot of different manufacturers make great boots, but just get something that, um, that's comfortable on your feet. And then another big thing that I'm sure you've heard a whole bunch of, you know, is use your gear before you use it in the woods, use your, you take it out and go hiking in it. I don't care if it's on a highway or whatever you're going to do, at least break it into your foot so that it's not the first time that it sees the ground when you're out there on your, on your hike or whatever. And cause blisters, man, I've actually, I've never done it, but guys in our group before we've had to actually call in horses before to come pack guys out because their feet just got, I mean, it was just down to almost the bone and they were trying to hobble on it. And some of them were trying to crawl. And, uh, we, um, we called a horse team in, and the guy came and brought an extra horse in and, and, and packed the guy out. So it's, um, yeah, use your, use your equipment before you get to where you're in a scenario to where it could get, you know, dangerously bad. Yeah. James, uh, speaking on that, if you're, since you mentioned Hanwag, if you're, thinking about looking into that because I just bought a pair from Trent. Those are hard break-ins. They take about a week. Like yep. I wore them on the house like for like a week straight. And then when I took them on my turkey hunt this past weekend, they felt like sneakers. Right. So they're great boots, but they're a hard break-in. So they are. They're a stiff boot and, and I recommend stiff boots just because it's a it, it if you look at the, there's a ton of science into it as well, but the ins and outs of it is you're using your whole foot for, instead of bending your foot every single time. And we talk about uh, uh, TOF. Everybody talks about it in the hiking world, time on feet. Okay. It's not about sometimes the miles that you hike. Uh, it's not about how long you're going. It's the time that you're spending on your feet. And that's what everybody says. The, okay, how much time on your feet have you spent today? It's not, okay, yeah, I covered 13 miles. It's how long have I been standing up to where my body weight is on these feet. And so everybody's different. Everybody has the breaking point, but, um, 
yeah, always use use your stuff. Use and and find a good insole. Find a good. They make these uh, uh, these things called Sheep Feet, which um, is a company that reached out a while back to us, and and uh, it's a mold actually that they send you this box, and it's got this it's got this material in it that is, you know, really cushy and it doesn't bounce back. So you put your foot in the material and then you send it back to them. And then they take a mold of your foot, your exact foot. And then they make you a, Oh, it's kind of a, uh, insole for your for your shoe it's kind of cool actually and and i did it and i i, I really enjoy it uh super feet is another great one they make great insoles as well uh there's a there's a bunch of different brands out there i'm sure but those are just the two that i've used that i've that i've enjoyed so but comfortability i mean some guys they'll go uh in their bathtub they'll draw a bathtub about that you know with about however much water that goes underneath their Gore-Tex line and they will stand in their bathtub and they will move their feet around. And that's what I have to use to do with my, um, with my boots um, that I wore to work a lot of times. And it softens that leather and it makes those movements a lot more easy. There's a ton of different ways to do it uh, as far as that goes, but just make sure you do protect your feet and, and have something comfortable. Good question. Good question. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Uh, what what size shoe do you wear? <laughs> so no, anything's cool, man. Um, size ten and a half is what I wear. Um, I usually buy an eleven. Is what I I buy a half size big. And the reason that I do that is just because of my insoles that I have are fairly decent size and they take up quite a bit of room. Um, the other reason that I do that is a lot of the stuff that I've hunt and stuff like that is really really steep. And I've noticed with myself, I had a bad uh, bout about four years ago. I was um, I was actually um, up the Snake River on these giant, giant bluffs. And we killed a bear and we packed it down these bluffs. And it was just such a steep, steep terrain with the regular boots that fit me just fine and everything. I tightened them as hard as I could, but I still couldn't prevent from my feet. My toes were so close to the tip and I lost uh, two, two uh, toenails on one side and one toenail on the other foot. So it just from that, just, beating into the front of it. So I notice if I, if I do a half size big, um, it's not enough to like make me trip or anything, but it really gives me a little bit more room there on the really, really steep descents on the downhill stuff. So, uh, I'm a size 15, so it's kind of hard for me to find like, uh, bigger boots and stuff like that. Do you know if Unlog uh, makes two pairs. So my partner, he's also a size 15 uh, guy that I hunt with. And um, they make only two pairs in their whole hunting line that are size 15. And I don't know them off the top. I think one's called the Alaskan wide GTX. I got them written down actually right here. And one's called the Yukon wide. And um, anyway, and he's size 15 as well. And he has both those pair of boots and loves them. So there's very few manufacturers actually that go that high in boots, to be honest with you. I don't think crispy. I don't think that they do uh, a couple of the boot guys that I've worked with in the past. Um, anyway, a lot of them don't. So that, that is tough, man. It, it, it does. It does suck. I, I feel for you on that. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. How big's your first aid kit that you pack? That's probably where I lack probably the most in my in, in my packing. Um, so my uh, my brother who hunts with me a lot, he's a dentist. And so he usually always has sutures. He's, he stitched me up numbers of times uh, back when I was cutting and, and whenever I, you know, if I would get cut and stuff like that, he's pretty good at that. But so I now carry a suture kit. Uh, I cut myself real bad about three years ago. I cut my whole finger. And um, anyway, and I didn't have anything like that. And I've actually lost some of the tip of my finger because of it. So I, really wish that I would have implemented that earlier. Um, the simple stuff like band-aids and stuff like that. I try to cover that with like the Luco tape that I talk about around my trekking poles and then some, some super lightweight gauze and stuff like that. So we will make bandages out of 
usually just what we have as far as for other stuff. So like I talked about earlier, as far as multi-purpose stuff, you can get away with that in a lot of circumstances. Um, and then slings, um, I'm sure you, uh, your professors probably taught you a lot about making your own sling out of your shirt. Uh, there's a lot of that kind of stuff out there, um, knowledge base wise. And then a lot you can make out of sticks and stuff and, and, uh, you know, for arm bars for, if you break a wrist or something of that nature, uh, you can dress that up with extra clothes usually. And, and that kind of stuff. I don't like take a bloodborne kit or anything like that with me. Usually I probably should, but uh, it's just so bulky a lot of times that, uh, that I probably don't. Um, and as far as just like your normal everyday, you know, bruises and stuff like that, that's just going to happen. And we just, you know, you got to tough through a lot of that stuff. So I should probably take a little better, uh, first aid kit. Um, but I, but I, I really don't, uh, one thing I know the other guys take a lot, I don't do it, but uh, a lot of the other guys, they will not leave the trailhead without a sleeping aid. Um, they, they swear by it. They take, uh, at night they'll take, a um, whatever the legal uh, is an ambient or something of that nature. Anyway, they always do. They always also, I don't ever, I've never had a headache before, so I don't take it. They always take uh, Advil. They always take the pills. They always take, um, um, oh, what's the big one for headaches? Anyway, extra strength, Tylenol. They take that. They, they always have a pill bottle on themselves at all times. So I, I just, I've never really had that issue, so I don't take it, but they always do. And every night they take something to sleep, but I've never had trouble sleeping either. So I haven't had to do that. So. All right. You guys feel pretty good. Feel more knowledgeable. Yeah. Yep. How many of you guys, so I, I'd, I'd love to see a show of hands. How many, how many people have been out West? How many have backpacked over five miles? Sweet. How many have hunted or fished while they did it? Sweet. Cool. No, man, there's such, there's so many cool things to see as far as uh, just getting out and exploring stuff. And I would encourage all of you just go out and check something new out. You know, just uh, we always talk about breaking down the walls, you know, of fear. I don't know if, if something of, you know, going for five days by yourself, that's a scary, that can be a scary deal. And, uh, you know, I would encourage you guys make a goal of whatever you guys want to do and, and just go achieve it, man. It's, it's an empowering deal when you can conquer something of that nature, especially with physical activity like that. It's a, it's an empowering deal. Definitely. Have you ever been to Wyoming? And if so, what's your favorite place? Wyoming is my favorite state, to be totally honest with you. I've been there numerous times. Um, so there's this little town. I'll just give it all away. There's this little town called uh, Alpine, Wyoming. And anyway, and it's, it's on, the, uh, it's on the, a place called the Grays River. And it's, in my opinion, one of the prettiest places in the world. And um, I've hunted numerous times up this place called the Grays River. And it's just a river in the bottom and just mountains all the way around. It's got, I mean, the neat thing about Wyoming, Montana is really, really pretty too. Um, each place is, it, it's got its own beauty. But for what I look to as far as beauty, I would say that they're the most prettiest places just because they do have the natural creeks and the, and the uh, meadows, you know, with timber around the meadows. And it's just, it's just that pristine, I would say like back country, you know, kind of place. And yeah, but uh, Wyoming is my favorite, is my favorite place to backpack by far. Yeah. It's awesome. One. Do you uh, do a lot of dehydrated food? Like That's what I do mostly. Yeah. So Mountain House is a um, is a is a big one for me. Um, that's you guys have heard of Mountain House. Yeah. So dehydrated food. Um, just in the last, I would say probably three, four years, man, there's been a ton of manufacturing. I mean, there's, you got, you got peak, you've got nature's choice. You got a boatload of different, um, of different freeze dried food companies to come out. And they're actually really, really good. Um, 
my biggest thing on that would be look for your proteins right off the bat. So I actually got to go to Mountain House and actually uh, go through the facility and uh, talk to them about a, a, a campaign that we're working on with them where all of their meals, they do twice the amount of protein in the meal. So it's actually been pretty, really neat to go and be a part of that and start to produce those meals and stuff like that. So I would look into that right off the bat, your, your rehydration and your proteins and stuff is going to keep you out there and keep you going through that. So there's been guys I I've, I've backpacked with guys that, um, one guy he would count his macadamia nuts he would count his the the nuts that he put in his little bag and he would have a specific amount that he could eat every single day and he never and this is another thing too it's just i talk about like the creature comforts right he never ever brought a, a jet boil uh, nothing to boil water of that nature nothing because he wanted to save weight and his whole thing was you know ounces ounces equal pounds pounds equal pain is what he kept on saying the whole trip and i as he asked me if he could eat some of my meals and asked me if he could use my jet boil and asked you know and i just kept bringing it back up to him like goodness gracious man what 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 are you out here for but um Anyway, you can do it a total, a ton of different ways. I always like hot food. I like a hot meal at night. That's just one thing I do when I'm way back in somewhere. And so I bring a jet boil. They make a ton of different kinds of them. Um, They make big ones, small ones. Just get one that you like. And um, they're a little bit more expensive. MSR, they have like these pocket rockets and all this, you know, stuff um, that work really well as well. I just use the jet boil just because we've tested all different kinds of jet boil. It boils the fastest out of anything that we've tested. So works out great for me. Um, and so I always bring in, that's just a non-negotiable for me. I always have a jet boil and always have hot meals every single night. I don't always eat breakfast in the morning. I'm just a little different in that nature as whereas I just get up and kind of go and then I'll start eating somewhere around 10 o'clock is kind of my schedule that I do. We'll stop usually and sit down and take a break for lunch-ish kind of in that one to two. And then at the end of the day at like 8.30 when we find our camp is when I actually, that's when, that's when I eat the most food. So I take day bags as well. So how I pack my pack, and this is actually something that might be of use to people. I don't have like small, um, goodie bags or anything of that nature. I don't have a bag for my tent. I don't have any of that stuff. So when I take my tent, when I tear down my tent, the first thing that I start with is I grab my sleeping bag and pad and I have a whole cylinder of my pack empty. And what I'll do is I'll stuff all that. I stuff that pad down there. I stuff that sleeping bag in there and I'm using compression the whole time to get this all in uh, configured because what, what I do, what I used to do was take my tent and take my, okay, my sleeping bag, stuff it into its stuff sack, you know, and then you've got this long shape, right? And then you got your pad and then it's got its certain shape. And what I learned was my pack wouldn't be as equal on both sides, if that makes any sense. So by just doing the stuff technique, not only can you save time, because there's a lot of times there's a bull bugling in the morning and it's time to go and it's you are yarding everything and stuffing it in your pack and taking off after that elk. So sometimes times of the essence but in my in my most concern is trying to get everything equal and the weight equaled out on your back and so my technique where i just stuff everything in and then i use my tent my tent is the next thing to go i will stuff the whole tent in if the rain flies soaking wet i'll leave that to the side for right now and i'll stuff the rest of my pack with all of my gear whether it be the extra clothes that i had on at night whether it be um uh, my camera equipment, that'll all go on the top, my food, it'll all go in and on the top. And my food, I just keep in a mountain house, uh, all the mountain houses and stuff like that. I just keep in a mesh, like a laundry bag with a drawstring at the top. That's what I keep my food in. And I just throw it in there so I can look through it. I can see through it, see what I want to get at the time. 
all that goes in my bag. And so your bag is just like one configured, you know, to the bag itself. When you put it on, it's not lopsided. It's all even. And that's the way I pack. And that's the way a lot of the guys that I, that the heavy backpackers that I go with, that's the way they pack as well. And then you're also, you know, ounces, right? So all those little bags that you put in, you're saving that weight that you won't have to have out in the field with you. So just a little technique, but it's, it, it's, if you practice it a couple of times, it's, it's, it's really simple, really simple. Yeah. So like it's talking about like physical fitness is a factor in there, but also you got to remember your mental fitness is, is another one. And like me personally, pumping mountains in Afghanistan, I would take little treats with me. And at the time they were little rivets. I was known as the rivet guy on the mission. That's right. Because at the end of the day, when we would get into a safe location, it was my turn to sleep. I'd crack a rivet because it wouldn't keep me up. And I would just have that rivet and that would make me feel better because that treat. Right? And now here in the States, I'll take these little stickers. Right? I, like, I, I have a sweet tooth. And so I will just say that at the end of the day. And like I know uh, he's talking about his partner. His name's Cody. He does wine, right? A little box of wine. He takes a box of wine. I always take a little plastic thing of, of black velvet, guys. Whatever that treat is, you know that's that's going to reach that's going to rejuvenate you along with the water and protein because like the mental thing is just important as the physical. So whatever it is, make sure you pack that. Mental mental thing is ten times as important as physical. I'm not joking you. You you hit it just on the head, guys. If you believe that you can do it, I guarantee you can do it. You can do it. I mean, it's just, there's guys that go out there and I see them. They're, they're the toughest. I mean, I've hiked with, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of anyways, Nick, the trainer dude, he's from over here. I mean, just a built, just a monster of a man. And he quit after three days. He was done. And it was just like, I mean, the most in shape guy that I've ever probably met in my life. And he, he just, he was mentally done. He just, he's, he quit. And so anyway, if you believe you can do it, you can do it and take that one step at a time. Definitely. Yeah. And at night. So what I do guys, I get to where I have, uh, you guys have seen those packets of apple cider, just a little apple cider packets. And so I'll take my little black velvet, pour it into my little cup and take the apple cider and then I'll put some water in with it. So it's like a hot toddy, we're going to call it. And um, anyway, stir that up and and you can't beat it. (laughs) You can't beat it at night when you're a long ways from nowhere. Well, as you go, I really uh, appreciate your time. Uh, So you're talking to an ROTC department. So like we have, so this class is open to the public. So majority of these students are not in the ROTC program, but I do have a couple of cadets here. And when they graduate, just so you know, they're going to graduate. They're going to commission as lieutenants in the U.S. Army, and that's what our job is at, at ROTC. So you're you're, you're contributing to uh, this program. I really appreciate it. And seeing as that you're uh, giving us your time for this, we're going to send you a big swag box for. I sent you an email because I need some T-shirt sizes for all your folks. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you can tell Cody he doesn't have to wear it on camera because I know he's a big Oregon guy. Yeah, I know. I'll be wearing it. I'll be wearing yeah, it. Well, we're going to send you some uh, Army coins, some coffee cups, shirts. Sweet. I think we got some hats. I got I got to look, but you know, we're going to fill this big old box for you and send it out to you. Oh, man, I, I really appreciate it. And all of you guys, I mean, it's amazing. I can't I can't say enough as far as for what you guys do. It's, I Yeah, man, it's my hat goes off to you. If there's any way to my uh, my email, my personal email is Trent at bornandraisedoutdoors.com. It's, our, it's the name of our thing. If you guys have any questions at all, at all, that's what I, I, I run that section of our company. And if you guys have any, and there's no stupid questions, if you have anything that I can help with or be of, uh, be of help, let me know, please. And I'll, I'll definitely try to answer what I can. Thanks a lot, Trent. Thank you guys. I appreciate it.